0: Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to The Determined Mom Show. Today we have a very special guest, Mary Phelan, on. She has 20 years of experience on telepathic television. She has been hosting a show with um, her co-partner, They have produced over 1,200 hours of live television. So what telepathic TV is, it's a live metaphysical spiritual talk show, and they do a variety of topics from EFT to, I'll let Mary tell you all about all of them, but um, today she is going to be sharing with us some emotional freedom techniques and how you can use those for yourself and your children. So very excited to have Mary on. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's it's an honor to be on. And so thank you for inviting me. Definitely. I'm super excited to have you here. This is a topic that I've done research on. I have like an app on my phone that I like try to use and that kind of thing, but I'm really, really bad about it. I definitely need to use this technique. So I'm very excited to have you on and have you talking about it. I do want to ask you though, how did you get started in all this? Like as a mother, how did you get started? Working you know, for yourself and in the television, I, I'm sure you have uh, an amazing story. Well,
1: when uh, we first talked and I looked back on it, it is one of those things that it wouldn't logically make sense that I would start out where I started and end up where I am because it's just It shows you how this divine intervention comes and guides us where we're supposed to be and that it's always going to do that. You can fight against it. You can try to make it happen, but it's going to happen in divine order. Well, I got married way back in 1974 and early on in the marriage, my husband developed mental illness. And so uh, things got really bad back then when you got married, you were expecting to stay married be the housewife and PTA and things like that. And so I found myself with a three-year-old and a one-year-old with my husband um, completely incapacitated because he had attempted suicide and he didn't die, but he, at that time, he has passed now just recently as a matter of fact, but that was like in 1981, you know, it's interesting because just even talking about personal things, you know, I could do some EFT. Because I don't usually talk about it. But uh, anyway, so I found myself literally, no high school diploma, because I got married really young, out on the street, because I got evicted. And pretty much everything we owned, which wasn't much, was kind of in a dumpster, because that's how eviction happens. So I may have moved into my mother's for a short time with a trash bag of clothes and toys for my two kids. And it was literally that everything else was gone. I remember sitting there one night and we didn't even have a bed. We were sleeping on the floor in one of the empty, her empty bedroom that she had. I remember thinking, what do I have to do? I have to get my kids a healthy environment, a happy environment. And so I made a list. I said, well, I have to get a driver's license. I have to get a car. I have to get my GED. I have to find a a job. Mm -hmm. And There was a lot of troubling things that had happened prior, but this is where I really took my life in my own hands and said, I just have to do these things. And this feeling came over me that I knew if I could just define what it was, that I would reach the goal if I just worked toward it every day. So I had the list. I got a job as a waitress. I worked my way up to being an assistant manager and a manager and all that. And waitress work is hard work because much of the time I was doing two full-time jobs trying to get on my feet. But I did. I put the list there. I put it in an envelope and I didn't think about it. And the next thing I know, everything was unfolding. I worked, I got a car. I went and said, I'm just going to take my GED and see how hard it is. I took it. I passed it with flying colors the first time. I worked my way up. I got the car. I got on my feet. And then I was working in that restaurant for a number of years. And I think I might've shared this with you before. It was pretty grueling work. It wasn't like a nice restaurant where you made a lot of money. And I certainly wasn't making enough to really pay for my apartment and everything. And I remember I was a few minutes early for work and I sat out in the car and it was like, oh, please, God, universe, please help me find a way out of this because I didn't even have money to go take training anywhere. And this feeling descended over me, where I just knew there was a calling. I didn't know what it was. I wasn't going to try to control that. But I just knew, even though I couldn't see any way for it to happen, that something was going to shift. And I think a lot of mothers, especially working mothers, but not only working mothers, mothers in general, you just want to provide what you can provide for your kids. You want them to have a better life than you. So you get this like maybe divine guidance or this divine push to do things for them that you couldn't do for yourself. And I just knew that somehow I was going to get out of that. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I would just go into work and intuitively connect with people. And this does lead into the EFT. I'm a very compassionate person. And I used that energy to connect with people and understand like each table that came in like what what are some of their hardships and I didn't know at the time but that was a training almost like a pre on the job training for me to do what I do now Mm -hmm. and I had no idea and that's why it's important if you do feel trapped in a dynamic where you feel like you can't get out you can't do these things Everything that comes to you and where you are going to be led is, is showing up in your life right now in the things that come to you that cross your path. So I worked there for another X number of years after that. And one day I was, tr- I, I was trying to get all the stuff in order, uh, getting my kids encyclopedias. And because back then to do research, you had to drive them to the library. You remember those days? Mm-hmm. So I put a goal of getting a set of encyclopedias. And so I worked an extra day for six months to pay $1,600 for these encyclopedias, which was a fortune back then. And a friend of mine sent this investment person where you can save $50 a month and whatever that was. And so she came by the house. She said, what are you doing working in this restaurant? You seem to have a better intelligence than that. Not that there's an intelligence level for working in restaurants, but right. she, she felt that I had something else that was more suited for me. It's probably a, a much better way of putting that. And so she said, I'm going to take your resume to this recruiter I know. And I said, a resume? I, did, I honestly, I really didn't even understand what a resume was. So she, I don't even remember what happened. And this is how great, profound, destined change happens in your life. You find yourself here. And then you find yourself over there. You don't really even remember what came. But the next thing I know, she had helped me get a resume together to this recruiter. And uh, they offered me a job as a receptionist in an IT company. And it was like I was scared because I had something familiar. And at least I would gained seniority there. And I remember fretting over that for the whole weekend. I drove my friends crazy. <laughs> oh, should I do this? Or should I not? And it was comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. And then the morning she called, I decided, I can't do this. It's too, too stressful. And anybody out there with kids knows that you don't make changes lightly. You want to keep the stable base. But I remember picking up the phone and she says, do you, this is how long ago it was because we had phones like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was attached uh, to the wall. <laughs> On a very short (laughs) chord. Yes, it probably was.
1: She said, Well, do you take the job? And my mouth just said yes. That's something that I wanted to share with you and your listeners that it's like your mouth knows the answers. A decision is an active verb. It's like you just find yourself sitting there. I just said yes, and I took the job. And that led me to a 13 year career in IT that I worked my way up to an IT director. From down as a receptionist, I taught myself all the programming and everything that the programmers were learning back behind the locked door. And they just kept giving me opportunity because I just wanted that. I wanted it for my kids. And sometimes we can want things for our kids and get past blocks that if it's just for us, it's harder. Like I was saying earlier, it was like a divinely led thing. I worked my way up to a 25,000 person company, IT director, and I still had no college degree. I taught myself networking, software, hardware maintenance. I had people working for me. I designed accounting systems. So in order to do that, I had to learn accounting. So I would get a textbook and I would understand, well, what is a general ledger? Because you have to know. Yeah. And I just kind of pushed my way through that. And I call that my power years during that time because I just was pushed to get to a place where I didn't have to work an evening job anymore. I got to that place and there was a, toward the end of it, my father, uh, my mother had passed. And so my father had Alzheimer's. And I think a lot of you in the listeners out there, if you haven't experienced it already, you're probably going to go through this phase of life too, where you're not only caring for your kids, that you're caring for your parents at the same time. And it's a very emotionally pulling time. Because I was a single parent, and my husband was in a nursing home. Uh, I, I didn't have child support. So I was kind of on deck for everything. So I couldn't just not go to work. But I had to take care of my father. And we didn't have money to put him in a nursing home. Yes. So I ended up buying his house that was dilapidated just so we had the funds to put him in a nursing home. But it was through that period, and my kids coming of age, graduating high school and moving on to college, that I knew this was my calling for now, but that there was another calling. Years prior, when I was still working at that restaurant, I have always known there was something more. And I think we all go through that, whether we find it in religion, or we find it in psychology, or we find it in science, we're looking for the thing greater than us. And one day, I was waiting on tables, and this man was reading this book that looked intriguing. It was called The Nature of Personal Reality by Jane Roberts. Nature of Personal Reality, I thought, this is really what I'm interested in, I need to know, because I had wanted to be a doctor. And so I knew I never would be able to do that outside of me, but I would get used textbooks and give myself tests and stuff on it. And I studied a little about psychology. And that had always been interesting to me since a child. And I told him this. I said, I've always been looking for the answer. I went the religious route. I would go to ministers and say, please help me to understand. Mm -hmm. And so he's dropped off a book the next day. I went to the waitress station and he said, uh, the, person at the register said this guy dropped this off so I knew it was him he had bought me a copy the picture on it was a it creeped me out a little bit (laughs) and it was a channel book and it was like I don't know about that I I didn't want to read that so my friend read it and said you have to read it and so I finally ended up reading it and it was essentially the basis of all metaphysical teachings now about you create your reality you have a participatory role in your life Mm -hmm. And that's what was the precursor to me having that epiphany in the parking lot that day. It's like I just realized I connected with my personal way to spirit in the universe and that we all have to find our own. It just started unfolding. So fast forward to about the year 1997-ish, my sons were going off to college and my father was nearing the end of his life. And at that time, I was still doing side work and my main job, but I was working my way up to what had been a goal. When my father passed and the kids moved out, I had this crisis of sorts. When your kids move out, it's frightening. You know, you're all alone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, everybody's going to go through it. And there was something on Facebook that, uh, an article that said it's not a tragedy. It's not a death, but it's not. Nothing either. Mm -hmm. And it it is this moment where everything moves. And that's where I got the shift into what I do now. And again, I cannot tell you how it happened. I met my partner who was doing telepathic TV at this, at that time, a live call in metaphysical show where we do dream interpretation, stress reduction, talk about connections to spirit and your personal way of seeing the divine, those sorts of topics. And the next thing I know, I was exposed to e f t At first, I thought it was silly. I thought it was like Stuart Smalley, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh, darn it, people like me and I sure. thought, "Well, that's nice, and I don't judge things because everyone has their own way of finding their way, but I just didn't think it was for me. And then it came back across my table, so to speak, again, when a friend wanted to come teach a workshop on it and wanted me to host in my house, my townhouse. And I said, okay, I was kind of reluctant. And I did it there. And I could see the value. I could see people having shifts. Mm -hmm. But it really wasn't like profound for me. And then one day I started teaching it. And started using it in my practice because I realized giving people guidance, counseling, spiritual counseling, that if I'm telling them, yes, this is what's going on in your life, what good am I if I can't take them through it? And so it started unfolding and I could see all the clues throughout my life, the looking at how we can participate in our life, the clues about we're going to be at the right place at the right time, that... It's going to happen whether you want it to or not, or whether you're trying to make it happen. It can't happen unless that's the right thing for you. My interest in psychology and understanding the emotions, my years of computer logic, because we are computers, and that has helped me immensely in my EFT practice, because everything is as simple as an if-then-else statement. If you have this belief as a child that you can't succeed, then you are going to have a problem succeeding, and so I started looking at people's problems emotionally and set in their their mental blocks and everything mm-hmm. as an improper reference in a computer. You fill it out with a spiritual quest and their emotional component to it too, and all of a sudden, instant and immediate transformation happens. And I work with all age groups, lots of children, which we can talk about in a minute. And and I have some techniques maybe to share with your kids. Yeah. But I wanted to say one thing. I just got the guidance to say this. You know, when your children are really young babies and they get colic and you combine that with no sleep and the stress of, Oh my gosh, this new little life is all counting on me. It's all, it's all me. I'm on deck I can't get away from this. So all of your stress from your history starts coming in. And people often find too that the unresolved issues from their childhood may come up and it just gets to be overwhelming. And you find yourself tensing up at the sound of the crying when it can't stop. There was something that came to me back when I my younger son had allergies and so had a lot of colic and everything. And I remember being tense one time it's like oh and then this feeling came and just I expanded as if all the atoms in my body expanded and the sound just went through me Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: was so transformative and so I thought I would offer that if because we do we're human we get frustrated sometimes Mm -hmm. that if there's something going on with your child that is really triggering things that aren't about that moment If you take a breath and imagine all your cells and atoms expanding and whatever that is just moving through you, and it can be traffic, it can be your husband, it can be the neighbor's lawnmower, whatever it is, just letting that blow through you, it changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. And I found that there's nothing that it's the resistance that is uncomfortable. And I know I kind of skipped around, but I, I wanted to make sure I remembered that because everybody feels that way at some time or another. Yeah, you probably remember those days.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I still feel it because my um, I'm still trying to wean my two year old. (laughs) Okay, sometimes I get a little frustrated, like you cannot possibly want to eat again. Like, (laughs) yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good thing, too. Just for weaning the tapping.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Tell me about that. Because I've been trying for like five months. (laughs) Well, well, let's jump right into that part because I have had so many experiences
1: that I could really just write a book, many books on them. I probably have done at least some form of tapping every day for two years, just about with somebody or myself and everything I've worked with autistic children with great results. I've worked with ADHD, ADD, EFT is perfect for those things the anxiety that kids get like when they're college age because that's a really vulnerable time because our brain is is um it's a growth time from them going from independent or dependence to independence. And so a lot of things affect you differently then and I have done tapping work with people, kids that avoided getting on antidepressants and mm-hmm all the way from parents that worked with multiple personality disorder. I know they call it dissociative personality disorder now, mm-hmm. OCD, many things and just a lot of emotional things that may be blocked. Now we were talking about tapping for kids like to be weaned or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always an emotional component. So I'm going to explain how I see EFT working is number one, we have a physical body and we have a circulatory system. We have a lymph system, it doesn't have a heart, but there's openings and closings of these little flaps that move the 10% of our water through our body in mm-hmm. the lymph system. We have the, the nervous system, but we also have an emotional system. I know it's not something you can see with your eyes, but it's part of us that vibrates at a higher frequency. So our eyes aren't vibrating there, so we don't see it. But I actually see that. I see this vibrational, emotional body around people. Anytime someone is having a reaction, it's an unresolved thing in your emotional body. And emotions can't talk. So talk therapy can give you a peace agreement with your emotion, but it doesn't really get rid of it. It, it, You have to coordinate off. You have to put it in an energetic cyst, so to speak, so that it's not affecting you every day. when you see someone, or for yourself, having a reaction, like you say, oh, nice dress, and they go, why are you criticizing my dress? Yeah. You know the reactions, the, that feeling when someone says something. That is a clue that it's always about the past. So if we have overreactions, it's about the past. And it's about an emotion that did not get a voice, that's sitting out there still emitting the feeling, but there's no logical path to it. And So through EFT, and these simple tapping points, which are the side of your hand, top of your head, inner part of your eyebrow, outer corner of your eye, under your eye, and both of those are on the eye socket bone, mm-hmm. under your nose, under your bottom lip, and your collarbone at the base of your throat, those knobs on either side. Okay. And if you think of it like a question mark, it's easier to remember. Oh, yeah. And the, the good news is you can't get it wrong. It really, it, it, it's some magical combination between what we say while we do it and the tapping. And they are tapping on energetic meridian points. So there is something physically happening too. But it's also just the thing said is like it opens a pathway temporarily to get that feeling to be expressed and it goes away. And you just sit there and it's different. It's gone. Yeah. It's not like it feels Joyous or sad, it's you feel neutral, and that's what joys want to end up with. Mm-hmm. So if we take the case of your daughter and her being weaned, and you feel it's time and she doesn't, in a way, she might be picking up on your resistance because you have a conflict. There's yeah. a part of you who loves her deeply and wants her to still feel loved and nurtured and taken care of, and you don't want her to go through a separation anxiety. Then there's a part of you, let's say it's your mind that's saying, it's probably time. And there's going to come a day where I have to say, no, is this the time? And then you question that. And so you're kind Are of you
0: inside one, my head, Mary. <laughs> I'm just getting <laughs> Kind of what this does. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're
1: open to it, let's tap. Because yeah. children have very little old unresolved emotion, but they might be picking up on a conflict that causes them to feel insecure. Uh-huh. So if we get you into complete resonance with that, you may see an immediate result where both sides talk to her—the nurturing side—because f- for you to say no, you have to cut off the nurturer. And yeah. so she feels that and goes, oh, "What happened to mommy?" Yeah. And then if you're over here with the nurturer saying, "Please, can we stop?" She's no, I don't see any, yeah. any structure. There's so a why? Why would I? Yes. So let's go around and tap. And I know you've read about it and done some. So mm-hmm. just repeat after me and, and you can change hands in the middle. It doesn't matter. You can okay. change sides. Okay. And what's your daughter's first name? Starlet. Starlet. Okay. Even though I'm in this conflict. Even though I'm in this conflict. About weaning Star, star uh, starlet. About weaning starlet. I love and accept myself. I
0: love and accept myself. I
1: don't know what's the right thing. I don't know what's the right thing. A lot of things about being a mother. A lot of things about being a mother. Aren't known. Aren't known. And we just have to
0: guess. And we just have to guess. And I want to do the right thing by her. And I want to do the right thing by her. Maybe there's stuff from my past. Maybe there's stuff from my past. Making it extra important. Making it extra important for me to do the right thing. For me to do the right thing. Because maybe then I'm doing it for me too. Because maybe then I'm doing it for me too. And things I didn't get. And things I didn't get.
1: Even though I'm afraid of making a wrong choice. Even though I'm afraid of making a wrong choice.
0: I'm open to the idea. I'm open to the idea. That whatever I choose is going to be the right thing. That whatever I choose is going to be the right thing. And even if it doesn't look like it. And even if it doesn't look like it. I forgive myself. I forgive myself. It is safe for the part of me that's loving. It is safe for the part of me that's loving to say it's time. To say it's time. And it's safe for my intellect. And it's safe for my intellect to connect with my emotions. To connect with my emotions. Even though it might be afraid. Even though it might be afraid. That it'll get overrun. That it'll get overrun.
1: And overruled. And overruled. It's safe for both sides of me.
0: It's safe for both sides of me. To agree that it's time. To agree that it's time. And then Starlet will feel safe. And then Starlet will feel safe. And feel it's the right time for her too. And feel it's the right time for her too.
1: And I love and accept myself.
0: And I love and accept myself. Now take a deep breath.
1: (sighs) Did that make sense?
0: The things we were saying? Yeah.
1: It does. So there. let's say there is a part of you that, and this would be for another conversation, but mm-hmm. as we grow up, we be, want to become very good parents, sometimes because we had great parents, mm-hmm. and sometimes because we say, it's going to be different from my yeah. child. And we can't often, or, or we're taught we have to love ourselves vicariously through others and that we can't do it directly. Right. So. You're doing it a hundred percent for your daughter, but maybe there's a part of you that's trying to fill a bucket that wasn't filled because that's the way we're made. We go forward trying to fill those old buckets. And so all these little teeny components can make it be that your river had a boulder in it and there were two opposing sides that Mm -hmm. were acting out in your life, which may have caused her a little bit of confusion. Yeah. And so you had to cordon off your emotion to make this in this uh, executive decision, it didn't feel safe or whole in the, in her little world. Okay? Yeah. Plus, if you let your emotion get over there, you're feeling that your emotion will just wipe out your intellect because maybe we yeah. get used to people just wiping over us. We're mom, just none of your needs matter. Yeah. And so when we do draw a line, we have to take our emotion out of it and get rigid. Yeah. But yet that's not our nature either. And so I think it's a matter of finding the power in the emotion to say no and yeah. giving it permission. And then the intellect making it feel safe to have the emotion join the council there.
0: Yeah. Do I need to do that, repeat that exercise often or kind of like whenever I'm feeling conflicted about it? Or um, is it a no. one time kind of exercise? E- EFT is a one-time
1: thing, but here's mm-hmm. where it looks like it's not. Let's say there was that conflict that we just outlined and mm-hmm. it just moved away. And then you realized that this is really connected to the idea of saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more about people in your life that may have infringed on your boundaries. So something else may come up and then you tap on that. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say is when you clear it and that emotion goes away, it's not like it comes back because all unresolved emotion wants to leave. It's been recreating dynamics in your life over and over to get you to get it to leave. But if there's a feeling, it's like bottle of soda, the pop, the top bubble pops, then the other bubbles can come up. Yeah. So you might find a different aspect. How does it, how do you feel
0: about that? About the weaning? Um, My body says it's time, (laughs) but you know, like definitely. It's an end to an era. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's tap on that because I was feeling that as well. I know it's time. I know it's time. But it is an end to an era. But it is an end to an era. And I feel like I'll lose a closeness
0: with her. And I feel like I'll lose a closeness with her. And she'll grow up. And she'll grow up. And out of my arms. And out of my arms. And it's okay that I feel this way. And it's okay that I feel this way. And it's okay that I want to hold on. And it's okay that I want to hold on.
1: And it's also okay if I'm ready to let go.
0: And it's also okay if I'm ready to let go.
1: What if I could expand my heart and throat? What if I
0: could expand my heart and throat?
1: To hold both of these feelings at the same time.
0: To hold both of these feelings at the same time. Part of me thinks if I wean her, part of me thinks if I wean her, it's like I'm pushing this away. It's like I'm pushing this away, and I don't want that. And I don't want that. I don't want to look back on this time. I don't want to look back on this time and feel
1: like I rushed it.
0: And feel like I rushed it.
1: And I want the closeness with her to continue.
0: And I want the closeness with her to continue. But what if it does continue? But what if it does continue? In an ever
1: evolving way. In an ever evolving way. And that this connection that I have with
0: her now. And that this connection that I have with her now. Won't go away. Won't go away. It's still there right inside of us. It's still there right inside of us.
1: Feeding the next phase of things. Feeding the next phase of things. I am open to letting this happen naturally.
0: I am open to letting this happen naturally. Not being afraid. Not being afraid. Not holding it off. Not holding it off. Or putting it off. Putting it off.
1: Or pulling it too quickly. Or pulling
0: it too quickly.
1: I trust my higher self.
0: I trust my higher self.
1: And hers. And hers. To be done when it's done. To be done when it's done. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. See, I think part of it is you were judging yourself for that. I should be this other side, this discipline side.
0: Yeah. So how did that feel? Good. very good it's like i think part of it is just knowing kind of like what to say you know like what um what's okay i guess you know like what you're willing to give yourself permission to do Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah absolutely Like that i think is the the challenge of doing the eft by yourself unguided you know yes and i gotta tell you It took me a while to figure out what to say.
1: And so when I do the EFT trainings, the different levels, Mm -hmm. that's one of the big things I had questions with. It's like, where do you start? Mm -hmm. And if you just connect with the emotion, you start. Mm -hmm. And I feel just everything that I've done in my life led me to the place where I'm not literally seeing this, I'm not seeing things, but in my mind's eye, it's like this green channel of light. Mm -hmm. As I'm saying things, it'll... Open up this other pathway, yeah. and what happens when we have an emotional block? It blocks a pathway of co- a cognitive shift where we say, "Oh, yeah, of course, that's how I do it." Right. I'm just going to know that I'm going to allow myself to enjoy this fully. Mm-hmm. It's not that I want to hold on. It's not that I want to push it away. I just want to make sure that I I enjoy every moment of this connection, right. and that when, that cognitive shift makes sense after you tap. But before you tap, it was on the other side of an emotion that we released through tapping. Yeah. And so in EFT, they call that the apex problem. Because when you shift, you remove the thing out of the way, the water just naturally flows. And it's like, well, of course it flows. And you don't ever remember being sick. That's the way we heal. Yeah. When you heal in a real way, you never remember being sick. You don't remember the moment the paper cut healed. And that's why we have a second child. Because if you carried the memory of the pain (laughs) of the first child and a third, yeah, 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 it's like (laughs) so you don't remember a lot of that. And that's the way it is. The downside to that is people don't often realize how unilaterally it'll change in a split second how they see the world. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think if you just tap on the feeling, Mm -hmm. that's good. Even I feel. After all these years, it's sometimes hard for me to get the logic. And even when I see the logic, it doesn't go in the same way as if someone's pulling it out of you. I can't explain why. Yeah. Like if I said those words, I'm afraid that I'm judging myself for wanting to not push this away. If somebody else says it, it's like it gets it out in the open. Yeah. And it goes into a different place. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. And one time I was teaching a workshop, I told you I didn't really find a lot of relief from it at first, probably because I was trying to do it through videos and Mm -hmm. my own knowing and people do it very differently. I do it much differently than most EFT tappers. And it's usually a much slower process. Mm -hmm. But one time I was teaching a class. And so I was giving an example, like the time so and so did such and such that I thought was this, safe little thing for me to be tapping on. And I just started crying. I could not stop crying. I went in the bathroom. It's like, why am I crying? It's because I was holding an emotion that I didn't even know was there. And then I noticed things in my life may not even be connected to what we were tapping on will start shifting. Right. Now, I know you had also wanted to talk about ways that you can help kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, yeah. Would you like me to? maybe share a technique for that.
0: Yeah, that would be great. I know um, I have a child, another child, that is often, she could just burst into tears because something didn't go her way. Like, you know what I mean? Like just super kind of like an emotional, what'd you call that? uh, Explosion or, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm thinking that she could definitely use some sort of coping technique.
1: Yes. And you know, I've showed the tapping techniques to kids uh, a lot, and they Mm -hmm. are really open to it. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with pretty much every kind of thing that comes up for kids. But one thing that I am noticing, and of course, I'm not a scientist or whatever, but I have a lot of body of experience as well, just in my own way of doing things like this. I think our world is moving such a fast pace that kids, like if you were to put pollution in a river. If you drop one thing, it kind of gets metabolized by the river and and off. You drop two things, it's a little harder. You start dumping dump trucks of trash into the river, it starts affecting the river. Children have so much. They don't have any downtime. They don't have any meditation time. And if there's time at the end of this, I'll share some meditations you can share with your children to give them a way to clear their river as well. Yeah. But there's none of that. There's not this individual play. So they get a build-up of all these emotions that they may be picking up in the environment or from a TV show. And then it explodes like that over something small. Yeah. And so tapping, and this is called I don't know if EFT in general calls it this, but I do, the tap and tell, mm-hmm. which like the old days when kids would say their prayers before going to bed, develop a ritual that even if it's not every night, sit with them. But if it is every night, that's great. Or maybe on the way home from school or mm-hmm. after dinner. It, could, it doesn't have to be before bed. But in the latter part of the day and say, tell me about your day. <laughs> and so they'll say, well, I, it was an okay day. I had lunch. And, and Jimmy saw, told me this and this. The moment you start seeing an emotional reaction, mm-hmm. tap. And you can have them tap as they tell the whole day. For yeah. their day but yeah. if you tap on them and or even just hold their hand and tap on the side of their hand or on their fingers I've done that with children can I hold your hand while you tell me about the day yes and then I tap or I might just tap the top of their head or rub their eyebrow yeah as they're saying that. And then you make them tell it it again. So let's say, yes, so this happened, this happened, and then Timmy told me I was ugly or something. You say, oh, tell me that part again, and you tap, Timmy said I was ugly, and you let the feeling get out. You're also teaching them how to find words for their emotions, and then you say, well, tell me that again. Now, you said Timmy did this, and you just do that until they go, yeah. Or they say, I'm bored, and they want to run away. Yeah. Because that means you've cleared that. Yeah. Because that's the sign to know. So tap and tell is a really good way of doing that. And if they have something that is actually a problem that's from the past, you can do that with that too. You can just say, well, tell me that story again. How do you feel about that? And kids often like to tell that story. They realize it it makes them feel better. Yeah. That's good. That's so all. what kinds of things do does your daughter usually do that over? Or is that random?
0: Um, it can be random. It could be it really just depends. Um Okay. So it's really hard to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes
1: you can see a pattern that will give you a clue. Mm-hmm. And and probably not with her. I think it's just her way of releasing that pent up energy.
0: Yeah, I think so. She's very active and she's very uh, emotional at the same time. But like if you know something happens and she just kind of you know waterworks on you know. So, um, but having giving her something like where she could talk about it and explain why she's feeling that way while it's happening, I think would be extremely helpful.
1: Yes. And that's something that none of us are taught. And if we had done that from early childhood, we learn through our childhood to process our emotion through our experiences, but our parents didn't have any guidance on how to teach us to do that. So their parents and their parents, you don't talk about your emotions. So we have all these mixed messages share your emotions, but you better not, or I'm not going to love you anymore. And all this kind of thing. So we don't have a friendly relationship with how we feel
0: about things. Right. Yeah. I think everything that you've talked about is extremely important. And I, I agree with you. Something that you said earlier is that you always want kind of to provide better for your children. I think every single parent, like from the moment that they find out that they're going to be a parent, that's, that's. The first thought that enters their mind, right? Like, I'm going to do better, you know, or I'm going to do as good or whatever, you know, if you had a, a great um, set of parents or parental units. I don't know how you would say that. but <laughs> But yeah, I think that brings up that topic. And especially for our society where we're so busy, I think sometimes I would just like love to go back to like when my mom was a parent and just have like just only the responsibilities that she had, you know? Yes. Um, Even though it's it's a lot, it's still like a fraction of what I have, you know?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. We are on the
1: front end of the wave, the cusp of the wave of an entirely different life where our roles have been totally jumbled up like a a Yahtzee game where we Mm -hmm. shake it up and men are finding a great crisis. I do work with men too, and I'm working on a book to help men through it because men are taught the only way they can connect with their emotion is physically like through sexuality or having an experience with someone rather than the opening up. So it's even harder to reach them in a lot of ways uh, because they don't have that role. They don't, they're supposed to be strong, but they don't know where it is. But in the process of this role reversal is so much is on women's shoulders, parent mothers, because often you are the defender and the protector, you're the provider, you're the disciplinarian and also the loving nurturer that has to sit and teach the detail work, like how to Mm -hmm. say cookie and when not to eat the cookie and when it's okay to eat the cookie and all these subtleties and the stress involved. Would you like to just do a general tapping on that for that people watching could tap along with? Yeah, that would be great. Okay, Okay. so I'm just going to be kind of generalized about it. But even though I have all this stress, stress and pressure on my shoulders right now.
0: Even though I have all this stress and pressure on my shoulders right now.
1: And I'm afraid of failing.
0: And I'm afraid of failing.
1: I choose to love myself anyway.
0: I choose to love myself anyway.
1: I feel like I'm in a river of overwhelm.
0: I feel like I'm in a river of overwhelm.
1: And there's no way out of it.
0: And there's no way out of it. And I have to stay in there. And I have to stay in there. Because I have my kids counting on me. Because I have my kids counting on me.
1: And I would rather die than fail them. And I would rather
0: die than fail them.
1: But I feel overwhelmed. But I feel overwhelmed. What if I could step into the river of slow?
0: What if I could step into the river of slow? And still get everything done? And still get everything done? And still move just as quickly and still move just as quickly, but have my mind peaceful and calm, but have my mind peaceful and calm while I'm still moving while I'm still moving.
1: I'm open to stepping into the river of slow, I'm open to stepping into the river of slow, I'm still going to take things as they come, I'm still going to take things as they come. Even if I'm beating myself up in the process. Even if I'm beating myself up in the process. And trying to make me get more done. And trying to make me get more done. It's safe to be on my own side. It's safe to be on my own side. And not judge myself. And not judge myself. Doing the best I can. Doing the best I can. My kids chose me. My kids chose me. They didn't choose a
0: Stepford mother. They didn't choose the Stepford mother. I have everything they need. I have everything they need. Just as I am. Just as I am.
1: And I love and accept myself.
0: And I love and accept myself. Take a deep breath. And it does feel that way. Like
1: we get taught, see, this is where when you do deep EFT work, you can do EFT for immediate problems. You can Mm do EFT for goals and dreams and blocks. And you can also do a deeply spiritual... Like um, the ancient Egyptian mystery schools called it the J-hook where you go down in order to go up. You don't just jump up by watching a YouTube video and become an expert. You have to go through yourself right, and get get up there. Mm-hmm. And I feel that when you go down and look, we are taught somewhere in our program that you have to do better. You have to get an A. Everything in our life is measured. Yeah. So we develop this measurement inside our head that's beating us with a two by four and whips all the time. Yeah. And that's what we're looking to get away from. So whatever's going on, however overwhelmed you are, mm-hmm. just say, I forgive myself, even if I fail at this, yeah. and I never reach my goal. That's and cool. the worst happens. I promise I'm not going to withhold love from myself. Yeah, And when you promise that, then you never have to worry about failing anymore. And yeah. you just know you're going to get done what you're going to get done anyway.
0: That's so powerful, especially for our audience. <laughs> mm. uh, you know, our audience is full of moms who are innately overachievers. Like there's just, you know, they obviously want to be a mom. They want to, you know, have their own yeah. business. They want to do all of the things. And when you try to do all of the things, I know I'm personally one of them. It gets overwhelming and hard. And I think that's, a really good. Uh, I'm glad that we kind of did that one. So then that way they can actually, if they need to replay this themselves, they can actually use that exact mantra that you just did. Or I don't know what you would call it. The that's a good. Yeah, yeah. I encourage you, if you're listening uh, or watching, um, to use exactly what Mary said when you get overwhelmed and when you feel like you're not enough for your children or not enough for your business or anything like that. So I really I think that's awesome. And I really thank you for sharing that one.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for being so open to this concept because it's not foo-foo and weird. It's actually useful stuff. And Mm -hmm. uh, I have psychotherapists and psychologists that come to me for their own therapy and send me people that, that could really benefit from this. I mean, it's that profound, but One thing about that, I just wanted to say this because it's so important with that push. Like I felt it. Like I have Mm to, I have to succeed for my kids. I have to try to be in a place to help them get into college and all this. And I realized that that feeling of ambition sometimes can just take a life of its own Mm -hmm. and that we are driven and taught that we have to be exceptional and special and we run like the ambition. Is often running from something as much as it's running to. So always look: yeah. what are you running from? Am I going to not think the same of myself if I'm more of a stay-at-home type mom than if I'm a corporate executive and a mom? Mm-hmm. Love yourself no matter where, and, and then you find where you're really supposed to be. Yeah, there's the balance that you're supposed to have. Yeah. What am I running from? It's interesting. What am I really running to? And everything then, then starts getting into proportion. And then you have your magical intersections. Like I had that man that I met that was a customer in his mm-hmm. book and then into IT. And then my father passed away and I met my partner. He was doing the TV show. We started to change the format. We started doing that. And it's like, I would have had no idea I would end up yeah. on a TV show. I'm a shy person. How did that, that happen? Yeah. And would you really get to know yourself, those things start becoming more visible.
0: Yeah. I think your story is amazing all the way from not even having your high school diploma, you know, to going to waitressing, to being a receptionist and then learning and kind of like almost teaching yourself all of that IT stuff so you can grow within that company. I mean, it's just such an inspiring story. The thing that I love the most about it because I'm Totally a believer in like the law of attraction, manifestation, Um, you know, just letting yourself kind of be guided by your intuition um, Mm -hmm. is that you kind of relied on it and you were open to whatever came next. And I think that that is also an extremely important part of life is that whatever comes next, you know, you just have to be, if it feels correct
1: you have to go with it. You know, you said that so well, that was beautifully put. And that's exactly the way it is. And if we know where we want to be, that I'm just looking for me, I'm looking for that thing that makes me me and Mm. completes me. If you're trying to control it and define it, if you knew it with your head, you would already be doing it. And so there is a surrender involved. And sometimes we get into predicaments in our life that, it is so rock bottom that we can't do anything but surrender, right, and so if we can do that consciously, we don't have to have those moments of crisis or whatever that get us to surrender and it's not a surrender. Let me say use a different word because surrender means I'm giving myself over to the powers, and there's clearly negative powers that I don't want to be it's more about allowing it's allowing because the if you are committed to knowing who you really are. And that's where, if you always look, what's motivating me? What am I going there for? And what am I running from by doing that? Am I running from this idea that I'm a nothing? That's really what I'm doing? Find yeah. your real true motives and know who you are. Do your emotional work through this yeah. method. It's the best one I've ever found. And I have such a large body of proof that has proven that to me. But everyone has to find their own thing. If you know yourself, the universe will get you all the way to Kathmandu on a dime if you need to be there. And so it's kind of just like you trust gravity to roll something down a hill instead of carrying it if it's a heavy rock. Mm -hmm. You're trusting the laws of metaphysics to take you where your gravity goes. But if we have all this trying to interrupt it and being in overwhelm, trying to control it, beating ourselves up, you better go over here, let me whip you so you work faster and stay up later, then we miss all that and the universe has to work against us and it feels like we're abandoned and there's no force out there on our side. Yeah.
0: That's so true. And I think this is going to be probably one of the most valuable episodes for our listeners because we're not only like talking about really serious stuff (laughs) that everybody is affected by, but giving them those tools to kind of deal with it. And um, I know if you're listening to this as a podcast, um, I encourage you to check out the YouTube version, which I'm going to have the video of this podcast on YouTube, because I want you to actually see what the tapping looks like, um, where we're tapping, and how that whole process works for the two tapping sessions that we did. So Yeah, well, great.
1: yes, I think that's a really good idea. And then after a while, you can even just tap when you when you have an emotion, just tap and connect with the emotion, because sometimes our emotion is so big, it doesn't have words. And if you think of it as an event that happened, and it got stuck in a processor because it was too big, like the death of someone close to us, or something like that, then it's like you keep attracting experiences to dislodge that. That's why we have recurring patterns, not to punish, not to say, oh, you've got to do something about this. But it's saying, You have to love yourself through this. You have to let that feeling out. And it doesn't have to be painful. It's not a Pandora's box. It's actually much more work to suppress it and repress it. Oh my gosh, is it more work and pain and stress and overwhelm to suppress it than to just say, "Ah, I'm big enough to hold this. And whatever you're bigger than, you have power over. If it's bigger than you and you're hiding from it, you don't have any power
0: over that. And
1: so it's the Uh, expansion, I guess. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's been amazing. And I am looking forward to um, letting you know if I successfully wean my daughter or when I successfully wean my daughter, I should say. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: And also pay attention to how you feel about the whole issue, because mm -hmm. I think what you'll find is you're just not in a hurry and you're not pushing anything, you're not running, you're not pushing the river, you're not trying to stop the river, yeah. that you're stepping into the flow of the river. Yeah. When we yeah. become neutral, we just become, it's like everything's okay. Yeah. And that was the troubling part, was the conflict about the mind saying you should and the yeah. heart saying I'm not ready. And yeah. It's okay to wait till you're ready too. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. very true. As a matter of fact, Potty training. I remember people were trying to push me to be pushing my one son, and I said, No, that's one thing I'm not going to do. He'll be, he'll do it when he's ready. Yeah. And in short order, he just was ready and yeah. didn't have to potty train him at all. Yep. Yeah. So
0: I'm taking that approach with potty training. Like she occasionally goes, often takes her diaper off and sits on the potty, but you know, I'm not necessarily like encouraging her at this point. I'm feeling like, you know, she's just going to do it because it's the third kid. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) She's not going to be in a diaper in in kindergarten. I know that much. (laughs) I know that is true. You don't see many 25 year
1: olds still in diapers. If a cat can, can just show a kitten, a litter box and the kitten starts using the litter box, a human being has their own faculty too. Yeah. There's so much damage done by the Spock era of tying your children to the potty chair and stuff yeah. like that, that <laughs> I just decided, and I took a lot of hits because people thought I was too soft on my kids because I let them sleep in the room when they were scared and all that. Yeah. I would, if I give one piece of advice for young mothers, your heart knows, it just knows it's not a brain function. It's a heart function. And if you get out of the judgment, you're going to be the perfect mother. And if yeah. your child it uh, doesn't get weaned till three years old, so what? That's what's yeah. so right for you too. Uh, the times I listen to other people's advice are my only regrets, really. Yeah.
0: So basically you're saying follow your intuition? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Follow your heart because yeah. your heart, if it doesn't, you said it beautifully
1: earlier. If it makes you feel larger, you walk toward it. Yeah. And my guides told me that. In a dream, if it makes you feel larger, walk toward it. If it makes you feel smaller, walk away, and don't judge it because it's different for everyone. Yeah, and I think that is a goal. And it's not always easy to reach that goal, but it's it's a goal. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well, thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I have one last question for you. So this is a question that I ask everyone, and for you, it's going to be a little different because um, it's going to be kind of in the past. But what was your favorite thing about being able to, I guess your kids were already in college when you started being able to work kind of independently, right? Uh, Yes. Okay. So my question normally is, what is your favorite thing about being able to work for yourself and be around your children? But it still would apply because you, you know.
1: So I would say, because I do have the grandchildren now Mm -hmm. and I I have a very good relationship with my kids. They put themselves through college, and awesome. I think the whole experience for them gave them an independence. But one thing I remember, my son, uh, because they were my oldest son was the first one in my family to ever graduate college, and then my second son, and they went into IT. Both of them did, and they were one was an Eagle Scout, one won the George Wash George Washington or Georgetown Uni- George Washington University of of Meta- honor for math and science and they were they both did really well and one thing one of them said I overheard at a picnic or something they were saying well I watched all the hardship my mother went through and all the hours and how exhausted she was and she would bring home like like pizzas that people didn't pick up so that we could have a pizza." and he said I kind of did it for her I wanted to have a better life
0: yeah Oh, that's so sweet. And
1: um, so, sorry, I didn't know I'd cry at that. So maybe that's some okay. But
0: <laughs> one thing that,
1: that I gained from that is whatever you do, you're showing your kids. Mm-hmm. And if you go after doing your best, they pick up on that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you got to be president of the university. If they see you going after what you know is your calling mm-hmm. and you finding out what your calling is, then they're going to do the same. Yeah. Both of them went after their calling and they it gave them permission, so mm-hmm. it's more about what you show them than what you tell them,
0: yeah. And, that's awesome, uh, yeah.
1: So that probably is the good thing when you see the results of what you showed,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, I love yeah. it. And we talked, um, you know, about you being able to have a kind of almost like a forward perspective, you know, because you do have grown children and grandchildren, and um, you know, you're where. Many of us are going to be in a few years, <laughs> a very short yeah. years, <laughs> scarily enough. Um, how quickly that time goes! But yeah, so I really thank you for your insights and being able to share those things with us. And we're kind oh, well, of, thank you. yeah, we're going through them now, and we will be going through them for the next—I don't know—I think forever because there's never a time that you're not a mother. You're right.
1: <laughs> so. You're right because I'm going through the whole experience of grandmother and, and giving space to them, and yet mm-hmm. still. But one thing I think is very valuable, if I look back on all the stages of my children's life, and having to manage it as the father and the mother, and one my son crying one time when he was very small, I wish I had a dad. And so I, well, this arm has muscles, that's the dad, that's the mom, yeah. and going through all the various emotions of the kids not having you there. And I wrote a poem years ago that said, if I were a man, I would be a good father, yeah. and the detail of that is if you're a man and you put a hot dog in front of the kid, it's like, wow, look what he did. But as a mother, you have to be at the PTA meetings. You have to go on their field trips, or you're seen as derelict, especially back in my day. There weren't many single mothers. I'd go to Boy Scout meetings and they would not talk to me. It was like I was this younger person over here that wasn't uh, married. But when your kids get older and you start having to let go, Let's just say we're always having to let go, but yeah. we're always having to embrace the next phase. So yes. it's weaning now, but later it's driver's licenses. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time my son, I gave him my car for the night, it was the prom, and they had an all night thing or a late night thing. I was laying on the couch, and every headlight that went by, I looked out, you know, that feeling. Yeah. Was like, I, oh, I wasn't looking forward to that part of things. Yeah. And then something descended over me, this calm. And I, I just heard that I, it's like a football, it was a game ball. And I thought I taught them everything I could through my actions and to be a good person and to leave the world in a better place. And they have proven that they've heard me because of the things they've chosen and that I have to trust them now. And so I, in my mind, I handed over the game ball and it was like from that moment, It wasn't perfect. I've I've done things that are still smothering. Yeah. Um, But I felt like it was a way to release. And while they were in high school, I taught them to manage their own money. I gave them a budget that they had to buy all their food and cook and and all that. And I think my experience through life, knowing that you can be thrust out into the world, you better know everything Mm -hmm. that you can know about taking care of yourself, was the thing that they needed to learn in this life. Yeah. But somebody else, it might be different. Yeah. So find what it, your story has told you is what your kids, where your story has led
0: you is what your kids came to learn. Yeah. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I completely <laughs> understand that. So, yeah. well, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mary. I know you have a couple of really cool things coming up in the new year uh, mapping the Mapping Your Dream series and your intuitive development program. So, we will and- be sharing links to that in okay. the show notes so you want to tell us about those uh, sure and and I'm always doing the EFT training and EFT
1: salons where you can come and we just pick a topic and I give everybody a little bit of attention and it's so powerful because you get to see what other people are experiencing and it's so healing that's very- um, but the mapping your dreams since I was a small child I've been interested in dreams I always say in my next life I'm coming back as ten people I have an enormous amount of interest, and I pursued many of them in this life. But dreams is, are something that I have since, since I was a child, and they can reveal so much about how you really feel about things. So I have created, it was actually a college level course, um, three college level courses in dreams, and in dream interpretation. And so that's a series called Mapping Your Dreams. And then the intuitive development is a very grounded way to use the things that you see already to understand these larger stories, these larger messages, the the messages from the divine. And that was also designed for a metaphysical university. So it's a pretty in-depth and solid and grounded type of a course.
0: Very cool. Are these going to be online or are they going to be available um, in person or what is the... Availability. A little bit of both. I have
1: a version of my mapping your dreams already online. It's, um, it's done through this person in uh, Australia, okay. Global Spiritual Studies, I think. Uh, anyway, there's links on my website to all this. And I have Finding Your Voice, Opening um, Your Throat Chakra course, and a short dream course, and my Psychic Development one. They're all online. It's um, audio right now, okay. but I'm going to be doing live ones
0: too. Awesome. That's exciting. I think I might have to be um, starting to take some of those. Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> to. Yeah, I've always been um, kind of obsessed with uh, dreams. I have like the weirdest, I have one of those, somebody told me that I'm, what do they call that? Uh, so I, I often have dreams. Like a precognitive right. dream? Right. So I often have dreams. I've had dreams of people in car accidents. I've had dreams of people dying. I have dreams of things that have come true. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so people often, uh, so (laughs) they
1: say that every family has like a gatekeeper or dream keeper that gets all the the scoop on things and everything, but that's actually what led me, I, I didn't get necessarily like the people that were passing or whatever, but I, I had lots of things I've dreamed that have come true verbatim. And they were so vivid, and they felt more real than life. That's what led me to start, even as a small child, studying the dreams. Yeah. So you're probably very talented. I think you would love the the dream interpretation yeah. thing because you're yeah. probably very vivid as well. Very. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever want to send me some of your dreams, uh, that would be good because I am working on the book. Okay. That will give this very concise way of interpreting your dreams. And I love having unusual examples to use. So-
0: oh, do I have some? <laughs> I'll The next time I have a crazy one, I'll have like, it's very, very, they're long and they're in depth and they're like crazy. I had one the other night and I can't remember what it was now, but when they happen and it's, and often it's very, very hard for me to come out of it, even when I'm awake. Like if my husband wakes me up in the middle of one of them, I will still feel all of those feelings and I'll feel like I'm still in that place. Yes. Um, even after maybe even 30, 40 minutes of being awake, I'll still like feel all the sensations and I'll still all the, I don't know. It's just pretty yeah, great. You're,
1: you're very talented. Uh, that is such a, if I lose mm-hmm. contact with my dreams, which I do when I'm really busy and stressed and not enough sleep. Yeah. Another reason to get out of that river of overwhelm yeah this is I feel lost I feel yeah. depressed I feel anxious yeah uh, I know we we had talked about those those feelings of yeah. feeling that way and a lot of that has to do with too much stuff in our processors so a child may act out in temper outbursts or yeah. displays of behavior but we lose contact with ourselves and yeah. uh, when there's too much so a lot of it is that you're still going to do the same amount of stuff with your hands in that given moment. Mm-hmm. Are you in the river of overwhelm or the river of slow when you yeah. do it and start making those choices? But it's so important for you to, because your dreams are giving you so much guidance. Yeah. We should talk sometime. Uh, okay. When I start my podcast, I'll, I'll have you on and we'll talk about dreams
0: Yeah, uh, because oh, yeah. dreams are
1: very powerful. Yeah. 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 And so many, so many insights I think would be useful for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That would be awesome. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for everything. It's been such a great time and I really feel like I could have you on for like four more hours, but
1: (laughs) Um, I know it's, it's so, it's so easy to to talk with you and you're a really great host. So thank you.
0: Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I really, really just enjoyed everything and I will definitely send you my next dream recording. Wonderful. Sounds great. Well, I look forward to it. And thank you to everybody that's listening. This episode is brought to you by Google My Business Management Services from The Determined Mom. We provide quality Google My Business Management to increase business visibility, ranking, and customer leads. A properly managed Google My Business profile is currently the key to rising to the top three of Google search results and will remain that way as long as Google is displaying Google My Business results first. Don't let your competitors hang out at the top getting all of the clients searching for your services when you should be there. Sign up for Google My Business management services today at thedeterminedmom.com forward slash Google.